God, I'm just so grateful and online. Hello, everyone out there. And before we get started, we're going to take a minute to talk to God. So let's bow our heads to pray. Yeah, God, I'm just so grateful that we can be together this morning here at Genesis. And I pray that our hearts and our ears would be open to what you need to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few weeks ago, I got to go to Six Flags Great Adventure for some roller coasters with some of my friends. And it was a great weekend and a day to be there because the lines were short, the weather was warm, it was awesome. And you know when you go into the ride and you put on your seatbelt and you're ready to take off and you're just sitting there, you're like you're checking it, you know, make sure you're locked in. And then you get up to a 100, 150 feet in the air and you go, okay, let me just check to make sure this thing is locked in. <laughs> and honestly, if we think about it, it's the most least ideal moment to check to make sure that you're locked into this seat. But we all do it and we know it. So I'm sitting there and I picture, oh, if this is unlocked, I'm holding on through these loop-de-loops. It's not gonna be really fun. So I look to my left and I say to my friend, Jen, it's crazy that we trust these rides with our lives more than we even trust God with them. And this got me thinking about trust and what we trust God with and what we don't trust God with. Because it's true that it's easier to rely on ourselves than it is to rely on God. It's easier to rely on God than ourselves for a few reasons. And one reason is because when we rely on ourselves, we have control of the outcome. We feel we need to have this control because we lack trust. The root of this is ultimately found in fear. Brene Brown shares Charles Feltman's definition of trust as trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. Trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. You know, I trust the ride at Six Flags because, you know, it's been tested many times. It's for fun. And the odds of something going wrong is one in 750 million. But when it comes to the things that we feel are most important to us, that we hold close to our heart, we decide that it's too much to risk allowing God into. Trust is hard. We've been hurt by people, experiences, and trauma. It could be our parents, our spouses, our relationships, our friends, and, or leaders. We've learned to choose self-sufficiency because it's the safest option. As the Next Gen Director, I work with our kids and youth all the time. And there's something so beautiful about the trust that our children have to learn about God. They're so open to learn about him. And I think especially with our younger kids, because they have pure trust. 
They are unscathed and ready to absorb God's love because they haven't been through the years of relationships with imperfect people. They haven't lost their dream job or gone through family loss. They haven't experienced addiction. There haven't been many experiences that have led up to the spiritual and emotional guards that we adults have built up over years. But, and I believe that this self-sufficiency that we've lived in is not the freedom that Christ died for on the cross. Because Jesus offers us so much more. So how do we get to the point of relying on God completely? The truth is, God wants to build trust with us. God wants to build trust with us. And my words are so intentional here because God does not expect that trust to be instantaneous. Trust is something that we choose to do over time. And this is through the building blocks of relationship, time, and experience. And God, he doesn't want you to trust in him because someone says it's the right thing to do. He wants a genuine relationship built on trust with him. God wants to build trust with us. And when a baby is born, its parents are all that it knows. There's so much time put into that relationship. I mean, that parent is making sure that a bottle is given every two to three hours. There are many diaper changes happening. The parents are just enamored with that new baby. And even at that very young age, their parents are building trust with them. That's the parent's first prerogative, is that their child knows that they can trust them. This was never by chance, because children, they do not trust naively. Their trust is so pure because their hearts are ready to be vulnerable because the environment around them is safe, consistent, and intentional. Trust was built because the parents wanted to build trust. And that is the same exact thing with us and God. God wants to build trust with us. It's okay, this might be your first time at church or you might have been here for your whole entire life. It's okay if your trust has just begun between you and God. And it's okay if your trust isn't where you want it to be because trust is not just a one-time thing. Trust is something that is gradually built through a relationship with God. Proverbs three through five says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. When we teach our kids in the kids' room about trust, we do a lot of things called trust falls. If you've ever done a trust fall in your life, let me see your hand, wave at me if you've ever done a trust fall. And I bet it's literally everybody in this room. And you know when you go to do a trust fall with somebody new and you go to fall back and you put out your leg to catch yourself. Who's done that? I have. I don't want this person dropping me from behind. 
So you put out your leg to, to catch you because fear is a factor that comes into it, especially if you haven't built a relationship with the person that is catching you. And putting your foot back is like that part in the verse that says, lean not on your own understanding. And my hope is that this morning you would see the picture of instead of catching yourself, you would instead be able to fall back and trust in our God who is trustworthy that you would be able to build up trust with him so you would be able to do that completely. So that's why today I'm going to go through three ways, three ways to help us build trust with God. And the first thing is that honesty builds trust. Trust is built when we can be honest with God about the things that we hold closest to our hearts because it requires us to be vulnerable and real with God. One thing I really admire about the Psalms are, are their raw honesty. David, who wrote many of the Psalms, is so aware of his feelings. He's not afraid to express his anguish, his doubts, his joys, and his triumphs. And in Psalm 62, eight, David says this, trust in him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. David says that we should trust God, which we've already gone over is easier said than it is done. He tells you to pour out your hearts to him. And our hearts, they, it represents everything we hold close. But there are pieces that are hearts that we have given over to God. But on the other hand, there are the pieces of our hearts that we've decided to hold close to us, so that we can deal with on our own. David finishes off by saying that we can do this for God is our refuge. A refuge is a safe place. And maybe for you, safe places are few and hard to come by in life. You've been vulnerable with a friend and they broke your confidence. Or a spouse didn't hear your hurts. Or a parent left a scar in your ability to connect with others. A boss brutal in their comments and expectations. Whatever it is, it has left you feeling guarded even in your relationship with God. But our God is a refuge, a safe place, and he wants you to be able to pour out your hearts to him, to be honest with your fears, with your shortcomings and your hopes. He is not the people who have hurt you. He is kind, he is gentle, he is forgiving. Your honesty is safe with him. And we can learn a lot from David's writings. The Psalms, they correlate to what was actually happening in David's life and other places in scripture. Psalm 51 is written after David had just committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. So David was going through a lot in that moment. But David was able to be honest with God. David offered up his feelings, his apologies to the Lord. Honesty built trust between David and God. 
Because David was no longer able to hold that all to himself. He invited God into his circumstances. And by the end of his honesty with God written in Psalm 51, he says this, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. And David is showing here that God was not looking for him to atone for his own sin. What God was really interested in was his heart, but not his heart full like this. God was interested in the pieces of his heart, the pieces that were broken. He wanted him to give him all the pieces of his heart all put together. David really built trust with God because he invites God into his situation after being honest with him. And God wants to be invited into your situation too. He wants you to give him your heart, the pieces of your heart. So this week, my challenge to you guys is to take some time draw a heart on a piece of paper and cut it out. And yes, this is really kids ministry-like, but I encourage you to do it because it's visible. Draw a heart, rip it into pieces because nobody's heart is perfect. And then take a moment to think about the places that you do trust God with. Start to write them on the pieces of paper. Then pray and say, God, where are the places of my heart that I don't trust you with yet? Write those on paper too. Then if you're ready, I, I encourage you to write a letter to God and explain why it's hard for you to be honest with him in this area of your life. And if you're ready, you can invite him to come into that place. Because the first place that you can build trust with God is by being honest with him. Honesty builds trust. The second thing that helps us build trust is consistency. Consistency builds trust. Consistency is key with any relationship. If you get into a dating relationship, there's not going to be trust built if you don't spend time with them or if their character is not consistent. There's not gonna be any trust, we all know that. Or friendships, if you don't make space to be with them, will trust be built with them? Not very much trust. So consistency, is key. Some of you may have seen, I have a backyard garden um, and I plant vegetables there, but consistency is key when it comes to my garden. I go out, I squish bugs, I cut off dead leaves, I make sure things are watered, and I stake up the plants. It's, it's a great time, I love being out there. And nature has its part too, because the flowers open, the bees come by and they pollinate, the rainwaters make the, the plants a little bit happier. But you see, consistency is crucial to the health of my garden, because when I skip days, things do not look good for my garden. Things will die, we'll have weeds take root, and disease will definitely spread. Our relationship, with God is like a garden. It's a partnership between us and God. 
It's in no way one-sided. We choose our level of consistency with God. We have control when we talk to God, when we read God's word, when we go to church, when we set our focus on him. When the consistency is lacking, we feel the effects because trust naturally won't be present because we are too busy trying to figure things out on our own. But we need not fear because even when we are not consistent, we have a God who is all encompassing the definition of consistent. His attitudes and thoughts about you have not changed. His actions towards you have not changed. His presence with you has not changed. Our God is reliable. His consistent reliability is monumental to building trust. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, not any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love for you is unbelievable wavering. No matter how far gone you feel from God, it is never too far because his love is that powerful. His love is consistent. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot disown himself. And I think that once we realize God's pure love for us, his clear, consistent commitment to us, trust can be built. But to do that, we must be consistent in the space that we make for God. That time, it's used to get to know him and his character. It's used to be honest with him. It's used to learn what his guidance feels and sounds like. It's used to move us further into building trust with him. One thing I love to see is when Jesus goes off to be with God alone, to God the Father alone. It's a beautiful thing and we see it all over um, scripture. And what it shows us is how consistency is key. Personally, for myself, I found it helpful to have something every day to go to, like a devotional. It starts me off with silence so I can listen to God. I read a Bible passage, there's a devotional there, and it finishes off with some more prayer. And what I can say is that having this consistency in my life has built my relationship with God so that I can trust him more. But maybe for you to stay in track with your consistency with God, it could be during your morning walk, you take that time to talk to God. You listen to a worship song you talk to God about what your day is going to be like. Or you could join the Woman's Bible Study, which does amazing things on Facebook, and that can have you be consistent in your time with God. And I encourage all the men in this room to check out the Men's Night Out, because maybe that can be your start of consistency with the Lord. 
Get a journal. I find it so helpful to be able to write out what's going on in my life, to talk to God. Get a Bible. I tell this to all my students. Get a Bible you actually want to open. Like, I like a pretty Bible because I'm like, oh, I want to get into that. It looks, it looks great. Find a Bible you want to get into. Today, make a plan for your consistency to be with God because consistency builds trust. And the last way that I'm going to suggest this morning is that risking builds trust. Trust is experiential. If during a trust fall, you don't actually fall back into that person's arm, was it actually a trust fall? It was a distrust fall. <laughs> trust is experiential. And trust is built when we take risks with God because it requires us to act, to be vulnerable, vulnerable and give God control of the outcomes. There are countless risk takers in the Bible, and one of them's name is Daniel. And as a young boy, Daniel was taken by King Nebuchadnezzar um, to live in a place called Babylon. The Babylonian people, they did not follow God, so they did not really like having Daniel there because Daniel loved God and served him only. So the people who did not like Daniel went to a new king named King Darius and said, King Darius, we think you should make a law for 30 days that everybody can only worship you and you alone. And if they don't, they're gonna be thrown into a lion's den. Which aren't you glad that is not the penalties for today? That would not be fun. But Daniel, he decided to risk he decided to obey God, and he continued to pray to God three times a day. Subsequently, we know what happens because the people found him, they caught him in praying to God, and they threw him into the lion's den with very hungry lions. But this risk, this risk that Daniel took built trust between him and God because God protected Daniel. In the morning, King Darius was happy to find that the lions did not eat him. They pulled him up from the pit, and they, this is what King Darius said. Every part of his kingdom people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Daniel's risk led to a greater trust between him and God. But it also led to the people in that area being able to see who the true God is. Taking risks build, builds trust. Three years and one month ago today, I was in England preparing to finish a year's long internship there working with at-risk youth in Luton, England. And as I was coming to the end of my time there, I had some decisions to make. I could stay in England and work with youth there, or I could return home where there was a possible opportunity here on Long Island. The pros and cons list were super long, but in the end, I felt that God was prompting me to return home. 
So I met with the pastor at this church that um, was the possibility, and it was a great fit, and they said, awesome, you start Wednesday, August 1st. And you see, little did I know that this pastor was also taking a risk, like myself, because he hired me without having a means to my salary. He's a risk taker, that's for sure, because... <laughs> but risks, risking builds trust, we know that. And even before any of people in the church knew that I was coming onto staff, God provided. A check for my entire salary was inside the offering before I even got there on Sunday to be welcomed. Risking builds trust. And I saw how God would provide for me. I saw how God was actually leading me and guiding me. And when you risk, trust is built. And I'm happy to say that I'm going into my fourth year today, August 1st. here at Genesis with you lovely people, and I cannot be more excited for the years to come. And we can see risking does build trust. Thank you, Roger, for taking a risk with God because I, we can trust him even more today, right? So, you guys, now how are you gonna apply this to your life? Because God wants to build trust with you. And there are risks that you can take to build trust with him because he is so trustworthy. So this week, take some time, say, God, what steps do you want me to take? What feels a little bit like, ooh, don't know what the outcome's gonna be? Because when you trust him, when you take that step out and act, God will come through. God will come through. Risking builds trust. So we can build trust by being honest with God. That's the first way. Be honest with God today. Take that time in your quiet time with God to ask to be honest with him. Ask him what parts of your heart you haven't given over to him. Consistency builds trust. Find a way to make it a daily thing like brushing your teeth. Build time with God so you can learn his good character that is worth trusting in. And risking builds trust. Take that step out. Just do it. Just do it and he will come through because God wants to build trust with you. And here at Genesis, we really value not just leaving what God has started here in this room. We want you to take what you've learned today and bring it with you. Bring it with you to share with the people in your lives, your families, your coworkers, your whoever you interact with. Bring it to them because we exist to seek and to save those that are lost. It's true. And you can share with them the truth that God wants to build trust with them too. Go along that journey with them. So I'm gonna finish by reading Romans 
10, 14 through 17. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That is why scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away, grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. But not everybody is ready for this, ready to see and hear and act. Isaiah asked what we all ask one time or another. Does God, does anyone care God? Is anyone listening and believing a word of it? The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to.